Hey, y'all, and welcome to The Application, a podcast nestled nicely in the Enrollify Podcast Network. This is your guide, Corinne Myers, and I am so excited to share my love of high-grade Marcoms, student experience, and campus worlds. My friends at Rara were also enough to sponsor all of the insights and ideas I get to share with you over the course of the application's episodes. So let's get into it. So I've spent the last nine episodes talking to higher ed professionals across the United States about the student experience. From the University of Montana and Arizona State to the Ohio State University and Siena College. But now I want to pause and talk about what I mean when I say experiences. Why experiences are the biggest opportunity for higher ed and an essential strategy for the wider community campus. And then the entire ecosystem of experiences that impact brand and everything you're trying to accomplish um, throughout strategic goals or institutional planning. So what I mean when I say experiences, really I'm talking about any interaction your audiences have directly or indirectly with your brand. An experience is anything from a website visit, a sporting event, ads in an Instagram feed, to a campus tour or a community event. It could even be a football game, an NFL game, and there's a sponsorship there with your brand. That is an indirect experience. And so when your audience interacts with something your brand has any presence or even perceived presence in, that is an experience. It's important to note that experiences, plural, are the individual interactions that add up to what we call customer experience or student experience or brand experience. Essentially, when we use terms like student or brand in front of the word experience, we're usually referring to a collective of experiences um, that add up over a long period of time. A recent Inside Higher Ed article actually quoted Joshua Sign. He's the vice president of higher education strategy at Qualtrics, which is one of my favorite resources for all things experience strategy and management. He says the student experience can be influenced by everything from on-campus events to facilities and signage, and just about every other part of your institution. Students have interactions that institutions are unaware of at times as well, uh, meaning that each individual's experience is nuanced and different. These ad hoc moments are hard to capture for colleges and universities, but are integral pieces of the overall experience for any given student. Students need school services to be supportive, accessible, and easy to navigate. So again, when we talk about experiences, the individual interactions, we're talking about those, again, those individual, you know, signage and facilities and on-campus events, those individual experiences, but also when we bring all those things together in the collective, that is student experience. On the note about access to services, um, you know, in episode seven, I talked to Cooper Jones, who is the co-founder and CEO of Rara. We actually discuss how important it is that the services institutions provide are actually accessible and easy to navigate and are even known, right? And so this idea, again, of students trying to get services, let's say, um, for financial aid. Um, And that experience that happens individually, very specifically with trying to access that service, um, and then how that contributes to the overall student experience. 
It's also important to note that student experiences cannot be viewed in a silo. The direct and indirect experiences your brand has with, let's say, local community, industry partners, faculty and staff, alumni, donors, those are just as important as student experiences. And they cannot be, you know, pulled apart necessarily and siloed out because students and the student experience is impacted by alumni and faculty experience, right? They interact with each other. Um, and so you cannot, you cannot silo experiences. It's about the entire ecosystem of experiences that are happening, again, directly or indirectly within your institution. So again, when I talk about experiences, I'm talking about the individual interactions your audiences has and all of your audiences have directly or indirectly with your brand. Or in the case of things like student experience or customer experience, those are the collective interactions that they have with your brand over a period of time. So why is the conversation around experiences important? Or my favorite question, so what? Simply put, perhaps, (laughs) people really, really care about experiences. And we know collective experiences influence and shape attitudes uh, that drive behaviors, including applying, donating, or even advocating on your brand's behalf. Over the last five years, the topic of customer experience has grown significantly, especially coming out of COVID-19 or, you know, we're not through it yet, but coming out of the lockdowns anyway. Major players like Salesforce are publishing reports that point to a growing focus on experience for consumers and brands. Consumers are demanding better and better experiences. So I've got a few stats here. So 72% of Americans are far more likely to pick brands that are known for making customer service a priority. And then 88% of consumers say experience is just as important as the products and services brands provide. I'm going to read that again. 88% of consumers say experience is just as important as the products and services brands provide. I know these are consumer reports, but in case it isn't obvious, students, faculty, staff, alumni, donors, those are all consumers. They're consumers in their everyday lives. And their experiences and expectations outside of your institution's physical or digital walls impact and influence their expectations of experiences you provide. So while higher ed tends to be a little bit behind in terms of industry or consumer trends, student experience is still getting attention because of how tightly these are wound together. I'm seeing multiple articles about the student experience in higher ed publications, and I've even seen a few studies on student experience expectations and perceptions when it comes to, you know, services like financial aid um, and a a focus really on student experience. Um, We also can't ignore the political environment or conversations around enrollment or ROI that constantly surround higher ed. And so I truly think that experiences can mitigate many of these issues 
Because from my view, it's not that institutions aren't doing enough. It's more like they're not doing a good job packaging all the wonderful things they're doing, which again, directly relates back to experiences. So talking about experiences in higher ed is important because our audiences are demanding more and better experiences. And those good experiences or not good experiences are the reason they are applying or not applying. They're donating or not, a do- or not donating or partnering or not partnering. So again, this idea that experiences lead to desired behaviors and experiences really are the crux of how we can get and achieve our goals and, and really reach those institutional benchmarks that we've, we've laid out for us. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org. Now to my favorite part, which is experience strategy and how the entire ecosystem of experiences impact your brand and everything you're trying to accomplish. So again, experiences, plural, are the individual interactions. But student experience, customer experience, brand experience, those are the collective interactions. And again, we care, we care about this because of how much consumers care, our audiences care about experiences and how they are choosing brands based on experiences. So what I want to start off with first is brand and how experiences shape brand. I want you to think of three words or phrases to describe your feelings about Facebook, the TV show The Office, and Magnetiles. Again, Facebook, the TV show The Office, and Magnetiles. I'll give you a second. All right, I'm going to assume a few things for the purposes of this exercise. So let's, let's say for Facebook, you thought of mostly negative words or phrases, um, things like polarizing or echo chamber or outdated. And then for the office, maybe you thought of words like Steve Carell or funny or entertaining And then finally for magnetiles, which are building blocks with magnets in them um, that my son loves to play with, maybe you couldn't think of any words because you didn't know what magnetiles were before this podcast. So regardless of what answers or words you came up with, the point is that you and I and anybody else 
would have come up with different words, which drives home the importance of understanding individual experiences. And then also showcases brand. And what I mean by that is brands are this intangible thing that live in our heads. And so when I asked you to describe Facebook or the office or magnetiles, the brand that you have in your head is the brand, right? They can write a brand down on paper all day. But until the brand that's in your head or in my head or multiple heads matches that brand strategy they have written down, it doesn't matter if they have it written down. So again, really try to drive home the importance of ensuring your brand promises are proven via experiences because brands are the intangible perceptions and attitudes that live in our heads. And those perception and perceptions and attitudes can only be shaped or influenced via experiences. So again, the importance of experiences ties directly back to brand. So I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee Facebook's brand strategy does not include words like polarizing, echo chamber, or outdated. But it doesn't matter. Again, it doesn't matter what their brand strategy says. If they don't deliver experiences that match the brand strategy they've written down. Brand is the promise experiences are the proof. You need both to be successful. Where do we even start with that? Brand promises, the ones you've written down on your paper, or like many institutions, you've added to the, you know, brand dot, you know, your institution's name dot edu on the website. How do we prove those experiences? Um, and how do we ensure that your brand is strong? Because a strong brand really it's, it's just it's so important within the market and positioning, but it's also important to like the everyday, right? So a strong brand leads to lower costs in advertising. It means a higher return on advertising. It means you've got way more word of mouth. You've got more brand advocates, right? So all the work you're doing in marketing and communications will be directly impacted by the brand. And if it's a strong brand, you will have to work a lot less hard. Ensuring that the brand you've written down, the brand strategy, the brand platform, whatever you're calling it, the one that you've written down on a piece of paper or you've got on your website somewhere, how do we ensure that that brand is actually proven through experiences? And first, I guess, um, you've got to make sure that that brand strategy actually reflects authentic experiences you can deliver on across audiences, across campus. You know, and that's a whole other conversation is what is a strong brand strategy? But let's assume you've got a strong brand strategy um, or a brand platform. We have to understand next experience strategy and at the crux the core at the core of experience strategy is the human experience cycle which i mentioned earlier which is um so qualtrics 
actually there's a, a diagram that Qualtrics uses um, that you can look at, and I will link I will link to that in the uh, podcast description on the page. The human experience cycle takes us through the process of when you experience something, what happens afterwards? What happens, you know, in your head? What happens be in like terms of behaviors and things like that? And so, really, the the zoomed out view of the human experience cycle. And also along this cycle, we know that attitudes affect expectations and behaviors lead to new experiences. And this is a little complicated, but I'm going to explain it a couple of times um, in different scenarios. But first, I want to stress that brands are built in the gaps between expectations and experiences. I'm going to say that again. Brands are built in the gaps between expectations and experiences. And what I mean by that is when you come out of an experience with perceptions, perceptions really start forming brand. But it's the attitudes that really solidify it. And so if perceptions are the immediate result of someone experiencing something, right? They're the how someone feels about an experience based on their expectations. If perceptions are what you're you're forming right out out of out of an experience, those perceptions lead to attitudes. So those those feelings within the perceptions that you're having or, or forming lead to attitudes. And attitudes are a bit more firm. They're more like, hey, I would recommend this school. So instead of um, perceptions where it's like, you know, mm, that was pretty cool. You know that was that was um, that was easy to do. That was a that was an easy application to submit, or my advisor got back to me really fast. Those are you know individual again individual experiences, and those perceptions are they're less universal. They're they're less higher level, but those perceptions come together over the course of multiple experiences again to form an attitude. An attitude is really where your actual brand is, and I say actual brand because. Again, we all have a brand strategy, a brand platform written down somewhere that is our ideal state of brand. And that is, you know, an aspirational brand or um, a desired brand. The actual brand that, you know, lives in the heads of our consumers, our audiences, our students is right where that attitude um, spot in the human cycle um, starts. And so, again, we're... We're experiencing experiences, forming perceptions, which lead to attitudes and then behaviors. An important part of this cycle are the expectations. So we're coming into experiences with a set of expectations, right? You walk into the Home Depot and you expect the Home Depot to look a certain way, to have very specific um, things for sale to perhaps be orange because of their brand colors. You expect um, people to be walking around in orange aprons ready to help you, right? And those expectations may have formed because you've been at Home Depot before, or maybe because you've seen an advertisement, or maybe someone has told you about them. You also have expectations based on your goal. So I need to buy a hammer. Well, I assume Home Depot... (laughs) Uh, sells hammers 
And I expect the Home Depot to uh, provide me a pretty easy wayfinding uh, the signage or something that would point me directly to where I want to go and like all of these things, right? My expectations of Home Depot, of their signage, of their looks, of their, all the, the things they sell. Again, those expectations are formed from past experiences and my very specific goal. My expectations of checkout, you know, maybe I expect there to be a self-service checkout. And maybe that expectation has been formed outside of my experiences with Home Depot. You know, Walmart, Target, all these other retail stores have self-checkout. And so now as a consumer, I expect that option to be at every retail store. And so again, we, we come to these experiences with a very specific set of expectations that are incredibly unique to us. And in terms of higher ed, you know, a higher ed example of this is, you know, students come to a website expecting to get a very specific list of questions answered. There's actually, I think it's four questions that the Nielsen Norman group came up with that all undergrads are looking to answer before they apply. And there's something along the lines of, can I afford this? Do you have my program can I see myself here and can I get in? And those four questions they expect to be answered rather quickly in very few clicks. And again, these expectations come from multiple sources in their lives. So all websites that I assume most anyway, most websites that these students are going to and experiencing, they load quickly, they're easy to navigate, they're mobile first, And so those expectations that they bring from those other experiences are now being brought to your website. And they expect to find the information quickly because again, their experiences with other websites indicate that all websites should be easy to navigate and they're not wrong. And so those expectations that they bring to that experience, to your website, are really determining the perceptions they're going to have after. So if your website was easy to navigate, they could answer those four questions quickly. Their perception is, wow, great. Now I have the information I need and I feel better about that. But if you don't deliver on those expectations, we suddenly have a very different perception, which is frustration that you don't, you're not answering my questions. You're, you know, you're hiding information or I, you know, I'm just too frustrated and overwhelmed to find all this information. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, bounce out. And so again, understanding expectations and meeting expectations is the majority of the work. Um, and then those perceptions over time, you know, website visit, calling an advisor, campus visit, all of these things, right? All those create perceptions from those individual experiences, but add up into ultimately into attitudes. And so that's the cycle. I have expectations. I come to an experience with those expectations. And then did that experience meet my expectations? Um, And then the perceptions that are formed based on if you met expectations, the multiple perceptions that create attitudes, and then the attitudes that lead again to behaviors. And it's a round and round cycle. And like I said, brands are really built in the gaps between experiences and expectations. But tying this back to brand, 
So if your brand promise, right, if you are telling students that career outcomes, your institution is career outcome focused and driven, right? That is the promise you are making to all audiences. And that matters to all audiences, right? Um, Industry partners and employers, they want um, career ready students to come work for them. Students want to get a job. The community wants um, students to be employed and help contribute to the economy. So that matters. It's a universal promise that you can make outcomes. But if your promise is student outcomes, but the experience, the actual experience is not aligned with that, students do not feel like they, the outcomes that they got, that, that when they graduated, they weren't career ready. If, if um, employers are you know, using or hiring students as interns and finding out that students are not career ready, this idea of student outcomes falls apart very quickly because you've promised something, but you're not delivering or proving that promise. And so this complication of, yeah, you said you do this, but there is no proof to say you do. You've, you've essentially, your brand has been, it's, it's, it's pointless. It's useless. You've got to deliver on the promise you've made. And what further complicates that are the expectations that you don't necessarily get to account for um, unless you're asking more survey questions, you're doing more, you know, uh, qualitative and quantitative research. It's like, what is the expectation of career outcomes, student outcomes? What is the definition of that for those individual audiences? Because I can tell you right now, one, one student's definition of student outcomes or career ready is different from another student's is different from your industry partners it's different from the community it's different from parents and so you've got to understand expectations as well um which obviously complicates things there's a couple things you can do right you can set expectations early and often setting expectations early and often i think is a lost (laughs) it's a lost art because honestly, if going back to like, you know, just consumer, general consumer examples, if it's going to take uh, my, my new couch that I just bought, it's going to take, you know, three weeks to get here. It's a little frustrating, but at least I know. Or like when you open the Spotify app on your phone and you try to like upgrade to premium because you're tired of like the ads and you want to skip more songs and you want to do it right then and there. And Spotify's like, oh, sorry, you can't actually upgrade in the app. We know it's frustrating and we're sorry. That is setting expectations, managing expectations, acknowledging expectations. And so we've got to understand what have you promised in the brand promise? Can you fulfill those? Because if you can't fulfill it, don't promise it, right? But assuming your brand strategy lists or promises things you can deliver experiences on understanding the expectations of those experiences based on the individuals or the audiences that you're serving those experiences to is just as important and so kind of to wrap this 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 up and this this high level view of what's an experience why should it matter and what does it look like in terms of you know dipping your toe into strategy Again, experiences, plural, are 
all the interactions that are happening across your audiences. And we should care about this because experiences are determining if consumers, if audiences are, um, you know, fulfilling desired behaviors. They are choosing brands based on experience um, more so than ever before. And we need, as higher ed marketing communications individuals, we need to understand what we're promising in the brand, how we're going to prove it through experiences, and then what are the expectations of our audiences for those experiences. And I use career outcomes as an example. Um, and if career outcomes, again, if so career outcomes, what is the proof? What are the experiences that prove that you provide career outcomes? You know, alumni success stories, um, you know, uh, reviews from from um, industry partners, word of mouth from industry partners, um, the students talking about, again, their success, um, all these things, right? Those are experiences you've got to um, provide and understand the expectations of. You know, I hear a lot about experiential learning. Experiential learning is one of the hands-on applied learning, experiential learning, whatever the case may be, however it's used, is often a promise of institutions, which is great. I think it's a great it's a great promise. It's, it's a really cool way to approach academics. And within experiential learning, we see internships, um, you know, research projects, we see capstone projects, service learning, right? all of these topics that define experiential learning or showcase experiential learning. And understanding that we need to provide top-notch internship experiences to deliver on a promise that we've made about experiential learning. And so how do we do that? How do we ensure that internships, the experience of internships are top-notch, but also how do we package and communicate that we're providing top-notch internship experiences, right? So before I talked about this idea that I, I think really there are so many institutions doing amazing and wonderful things, but they're not packaging those things correctly. They're not telling the story in a targeted a targeted way. And so an institution may have wonderful internship experiences, but they're not saying it enough or they're not packaging it enough or they're not showcasing those experiences in ways that, that matter to those audiences. And the final layer beyond the promises made and the experiences you're providing are, again, those expectations. What do students expect of internships? What do business partners expect of internships? And understanding those expectations and managing expectations can go a long way um, in mitigating issues which you know may come in the form of negative perceptions, negative attitudes, and then those individuals not fulfilling or going down into behaviors that you you want them to, to do. So that's just some um, kind of really super high level, basic toe dipping experience strategy. What I will say is oftentimes we hear, or I hear, um, you know, marketing communications doesn't oversee or get to own student experience or alumni experience or faculty and staff experience. And you know, that's, that's definitely true. 
my 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 answer to that is you're never and nothing is ever going to get better if we don't start having a conversation but for now understanding that a lot of the experience strategy is content right and so it's there are experiences happening how do we tell the experience story better and in more targeted ways so there is that but also finding opportunities to influence experiences that are happening so um you know like i said i I work with um, institutions every day across the United States and, and really understanding kind of this crawl, walk, run, sprint mode, right? And so, you know, we can repurpose content to showcase experiences. We can create new content to show off experiences and show that we are providing notable novel experiences um, to fulfill these brand promises. But we can also look to influence current experiences. And what that might look like is if you're promising experiential learning or applied learning, um, you could adjust the campus tour, right? You can provide some talking points. You can make a suggestion to perhaps, you know, add in um, experiential learning stops or buildings or labs. Can we add these in and talk specifically to experiential learning, right? And this is perspective student um, experiences, but we can also ensure that current students understand experiential learning and how important it is, you know, they're in the syllabus in the interactions in the, the first slide on the professor's PowerPoint every morning, you know, talks about why experiential learning is beneficial, like all of these opportunities to reinforce and create experiences around that promise that's been made. And then doing the same for other audiences, right? If you want to be known for experiential learning, we've got to create opportunities for surround sound. And what I mean by surround sound is this idea that everyone is saying kind of the same thing everywhere. So a student hears it from an alum, they hear it from the institution, they hear it from a friend who's a current student, they see it on the website, they see a social post, And it all talks about experiential learning in some way, right? And so creating this surround sound really requires us to think about experiences for all audiences and how that can be amplified um, across audiences. So again, experiences, plural, all interactions that someone has with your brand or indirectly with your brand, it matters because experiences matter to consumers. And then we've got to understand the brand promises you've made and how to deliver the proof of those brand promises via experiences. Because the only way to create brand, this intangible thing inside people's heads, in order to shape or influence that intangible thing in their heads is to create experiences that deliver on the promise. And that brand platform, brand strategy is the North Star, is an essential part of all of that to guide us in order to really be targeted for these experiences. And then also understanding expectations and managing expectations and setting expectations is really important, especially um, when we think about the beginning of the human experience cycle. 
That's a wrap for this episode. Please rate and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. And remember, a better student experience is always the answer. Hey, all Zach from Enolify here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Application with Corinne Myers. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.